You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vassar, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? What's up? This is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today, and I am excited to share some more quarantine credit stories with you guys. But before I do that, you know I always have to have some little housekeeping. If you have not subscribed to this show, please hit that subscribe button. Hey guys, it's really important to tell all of your friends and family about the amazing information that you're learning from this voice here, A to the N to the G. And as you heard from our last show, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. Let your voice be heard during this time. We want to know the things that you're struggling with, the questions that you have, the education that you're looking for. If you have questions, please hit us up at customer service at conquercredit.com and we will be picking out certain emails and information to share on our show. We got an overwhelming response to our clientele in asking these very questions because I'm interested in knowing what you need to know. So we had an outpouring of responses and that's what we're going over during these next several shows. A lot of people have been writing into the dear credit queen. As you know, I am also aka known as the real credit queen. So we're going to go ahead and start these questions off with a bang. And it says, Dear Credit Queen, I am the trustee for my parents' estate because they are much older and they can't really pay their bills anymore without help. Well, a long story short, my brother and I sold their house, but the IRS assessed taxes to me instead of my parents. I never knew about it, and now the tax lien is showing up on my public records report. I'm trying to refinance my building that I own personally, and they are charging me a higher interest rate because of the lien that's sitting on my public records. They're also asking me to make sure that it's paid before they can move forward. What can I do to get this off of my public records? And is it legal for them to have penalized me as I am just the trustee of the estate and not the owner? Woo-wee! This is a tough one. Let me tell you. Now, like I said, we've had an outpouring of response and questions from our clients, and this is a toughie. Let me tell you. First and foremost, from my I'll say limited knowledge of, you know, taxes and tax law, I would say definitely that this is just a mistake and it's something that can be rectified. The only thing that I would um, be a little apprehensive of is the fact that the IRS, because of the whole COVID and quarantine things, um, are not so quick on their feet to respond to things like this. But what, what I would say is I would go to a title company to get help. Because obviously, this was completely a, a complete mistake. Okay. The taxes obviously belong to your parents, and they're the ones that are owed the taxes and not you personally. And I think actually it would be easy to show that by showing your tax returns and um, having the title company make sure and reach out to the IRS to have this removed from your public records and to uh, have it fixed and put, unfortunately, back on your parents' property and not be against you 
personally. That is my advice that I can give to you. Um, You also notated in here about it being on your credit report. The one thing that I want to tell you is that tax liens are no longer on your credit history, okay? And so you don't have to worry about that. The only reason that the lender is questioning it is that every time you go for a home loan, they are pulling public records as well. So that's how they're picking up this information. But again, obviously, this is a mistake. And I think that you can gather the documentation and information specifically by getting your parents' tax returns, talking to their CPA, and rectifying the situation. Now, I'm not going to say that this is going to be an easy feat, but I also think that there is a way for the title company to record the right information and to... um, take this off of uh, your public record situation. I really think that it's 100% possible to do. Um, and and clearly, if it is a mistake, which it sounds like it is, I don't think there'll be any problems. And, and to be honest with you, I, I think this is the first time I've actually heard of a situation like this. But listen, anything's possible. So um, I would definitely get with your parents' CPA. I would get with your CPA and find out what the best thing to do with the IRS would be. This is definitely not a credit situation because again, it's not going to report to your credit history. Uh, Probably about five years ago, um, there was a bill passed in where tax liens can no longer be recorded or reported to your credit history. Neither can judgments. Okay, so a lot of people are having some surprises when they're going to refinance a building or their home and finding that they have either some a lien against their property and or a judgment or a lien against them personally. So it's really important to always open your mail and also make sure that you're checking your public records now because that information does not or no longer show up on your credit report. It's not as easy to know that it's there and available. And a lot of people, like I said, are being surprised when they go to use their credit and the institution is pulling public records. And again, you know, why is an institution pulling public records? Well, it's for this very particular reason. They want to find out if someone else is in first position to receive money before them. And as we know, we live and die by the taxes. And so IRS is always in first position. If you have a tax lien against you, or if you're making payments on back taxes, they're always in first position. And if you're making or if you have a payment plan with the IRS, a lot of mortgage companies or banks will ask for a copy of your agreement that you have with the IRS and make sure that you've at least made six months of consecutive payments before they will consider them not in first position and give you a loan. So I hope I was able to answer your question, my dear friend, and thank you so much for submitting this question. We really do appreciate it. Next question. Dear Credit Queen, I contacted my bank to start the process of a loan modification. I had all of the documents they asked for to submit for a review of my case. The tax returns, my bank statements, check stubs, letter from my employer, credit report, letter of explanation. I even got some comps of homes in my area to prove that my house was worth much less to substantiate my claim and them understanding that I am making less. 
They called me and put me on a trial payment period and where I would pay half of my payment for three months while they were considering and running numbers for approval. I called at the three-month to see why they had not called me or written to me about what when I could receive my documents on modifying the loan. They told me that they had not gotten to me and that my case was still being reviewed. They granted me another three-month extension to make half payments. By the sixth month, as a matter of fact, two weeks before, I got a letter from the bank that my modification was not approved and that my house was going up for auction in 60 days. I called the bank immediately and threw a fit. I sent them all of the paper trail of phone calls and information that they did send to me, letting me know that things were in review and that I was instructed to make partial payments. Not only do I feel like they are doing something illegal, to make matters worse, I pulled my credit report and they have reported me late for the past six months, yet I have proof of every payment. My whole family freaked out. We love this house and we don't want to move. Help me. I am so upset. I can't sleep at night. Okay, friend. Wow. I'm really sorry to hear this. And I want to tell you right away that what the bank is doing is highly illegal. Okay. First and foremost, I'm so glad to hear that you have all of the written documentation. Now, the one thing that I want you to do, though, is I want you to look at all of the documentation that they have sent to you and make sure that there were no clauses in there that stated that if they turned you down for the modification and your loan was in default, that they could not have the opportunity to uh, foreclose on your home. Now, I would say that they shouldn't, okay? And it sounds to me like the right hand is not talking to the left. And the thing that a lot of banks don't explain to us as consumers or lay people is that when you're making half of your mortgage payment, they still report it and record it as not a full payment. And a lot of companies, unfortunately, will still report you late because in their minds and in their bylaws, you have not made a full payment. But this is why it's so important, friends, in my past shows that I've talked about. When you are making these types of agreements, you must, must, must read what it is that these companies are extending to you. You want to make sure that in the documentation that it clearly states that they are not going to report you late, that they are agreeing to the half payments, and that once again, like this situation, that they are not going to consider your loan in default until after they make the decision. Now, I can tell you without a doubt, 100% right now, because of COVID and because of the CARES Act, you can easily call and speak to their loss mitigation department or their REO department and put this out. Okay, they are not going to foreclose on your home. No way. There's got to be a workout and a way that you can come up with a plan to put the 
three months worth of payments. That's that's what I'm calculating in my head because you made six months worth of half payments. So you have three months worth of full payments that you would owe and they can put those on the back of the loan and you can pay them at a later, you know, they can extend the loan or whatnot. That's what I'm hearing a lot of banks are doing right now is people that are deferring their payments and doing forbearance that they have two ways that they're doing it. Either one is a balloon payment and you owe all three or all six payments at the end of your forbearance or the deferment where they're deferring your payments, putting them on the back of the loan and extending your loan, however many months that would be. In this particular case, it would be six months. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I would definitely cause havoc with this particular bank, I would find out. And as a matter of fact, you know what? I want you to email me personally because you should definitely be able to find out who the compliance officer is of this bank. I want to write this compliance officer and have them pull the phone calls that you've had with each of their customer service representatives so that they can fix this situation, put your payments on the back of the loan and get you back into a regular standing loan payment. Now, if you can't afford to continue to make your mortgage payments, then you need to speak to a realtor. Um, in my last show that I was just talking about another client's question, the real estate industry is doing really well right now and your home must be worth more than you actually think it is. I don't know how the, how old those comps are that you were looking at, but right now I'm quite sure that you would not have to get into any type of situation where you would be losing money. At least you could come out even if you talk to the right realtor. But there's definitely a workaround on this particular situation. And again, I really think that the right hand is not talking to the left. There's no way that they can come and foreclose on your property. When you clearly had a plan with them, you clearly had several conversations with them, not to mention you sent them a package of information on a loan modification uh, program that they were offering to you. So I would definitely say that you can get out of this situation. I would stake my my word on it. And again, I really think that this is something where I would like you to call me so that I can have a personal conversation with you and coach you on exactly what it is that you need to do. Because friend, I'm pounding my hand on this desk and telling you that you will not lose. You will win this battle. <laughs> so moving right along, I'm going to take one more question, even though I have several of them. And here we go. Dear Credit Queen, I am 57 years old and my deceased husband has been the victim of identity theft. Woo! My husband passed away over a year ago, and per my attorney's advice, I have kept some credit cards open that we shared together without telling the bank that my husband passed away. The reason was because my income is lower than his from what I make in my salary. My attorney said that they would close the cards that I have jointly with my husband for over 25 years and make me reapply. Is that true? Anyways, 
from the insurance money, I am okay for the next 20 years, at least to continue to live my life the way I've always lived with my husband, not here. So I have kept using those cards and did not think that it was necessary to close them. To make a long story short, I started receiving huge bills from banks that I did not recognize in my husband's name about six months ago. I just ignored them because I thought that they were offers for things and never opened them. That was my first mistake. Now I'm receiving calls harassing me and collectors are sending me letters to my house trying to collect from me when none of those debts are mine. It really scared me because they are saying that these are my husband's credit cards and that one of them was for a dentist that this person actually got a set of veneers in their mouth. Goodness gracious. I just started figuring out that someone has stolen my deceased husband's identity. What in the heck do I do in this situation? Help me, credit queen. I need you so bad. I listen to your show all of the time and I just know that you can help me. Well, friend, thank you so much for writing in. And I'm so sorry to hear of your of the loss of your husband. And I'm even more maddened to hear that there is that your husband uh, is the victim of identity theft, even while he's not here. But friends, these are the very things that happen when we don't close them off. And and sorry, friend, that I'm 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 using these examples, but we've got to do it here. So number one. You definitely have to contact your credit card companies that you had joint cards with with your deceased husband and let them know that he's passed on. You're going to have to send them a copy of his death certificate. Okay. Most of the time, because you've been paying these credit cards for so long, they're not going to close them. They're just going to take his name off of them. And now you're going to be responsible for them. You're going to, you know, have the fiduciary responsibility and they're going to take him off. The other thing is immediately what you need to do, and our team is ready to help you do this, is take a copy of his death certificate and send it to all three credit agencies. His credit should have on all three of his credit reports that this particular social security number and name is deceased so that no one can actually get credit in his name any longer. Any of these collectors or creditors that are contacting you, unfortunately, you're going to have the dutimous task of sending each and every one of them a letter along with the death certificate showing that your husband did not incur these debts, they don't belong to you, and they will close their case. Again, friends, this is really important. Why This is really important to understand why you have to take certain steps in the event of identity theft, and most importantly, in this particular loved one's situation of when her husband passed away, she should have actually contacted the Social Security Administration as well as the three credit agencies so that this would not be happening. Now, once again, she has the task where she's going to have to contact these banks and or creditors and let them know that her husband has passed on. But thankfully, this is actually an easy fix. It's just a time-consuming fix. No one wants to do this and no one wants to be reminded of the past. And friend, listen, please call us. We'd be happy to send the copy of the death certificate to all three credit agencies for you as a courtesy. Because why, friends? Because we are here to serve the community. We are here to help 
all of those that are in need out there. And that's why I do this show. I want to educate the masses on the things that they need to know so that you can continue to use your credit as an investment tool to build wealth. Well, I hope this was super helpful to you. Once again, if you have questions or you have stories that you'd like to share, please send them to customer service at conquercredit.com. This is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today, and I'm out.